This edition of Brio TV, the podcast, is brought to you by Hollywood Suite. Hi, everybody. Bill Brio here. Thanks for joining me on this shorter than usual edition of uh, Brio TV, the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, by the way, welcome and, and thanks. We just uh, added Spotify to our list of podcast places, which includes Google and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So always appreciated people listening in. Um, and, uh, you know, today I thought what we would do, just take an opportunity. This is a shorter than usual podcast and talk a bit about what's what's been going on here. Uh, and what we've got coming up for a second season, which will start in about a week. So if you can bear with me, we'll just run through it. And I've got some great clips uh, from some of the people coming and some that we've talked to already. Um, and, you know, I'm really, really glad to have had this opportunity uh, to launch the podcast. We began late last year. It's been a lot of fun and uh, a really a perfect project for these uh, strange COVID times, uh, social isolation and, uh, um, you know, uh, started out at the Humble and Fred studio. Phil Hong, thank you, the, who produces all of these spots so well and gets them assembled and out there. Um, and, um, it was always, it's always fun for me to pop in with Howard and Fred on Humble and Fred, uh, once a month and, and talk with those guys. And I've learned so much. They're very generous and, um, and, and, and encouraged me to start doing this. And, um, we started, uh, out at live in their studio at the, uh, Humble and Fred studio in, uh, uh downtown, beautiful Etobicoke. And, um, that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, COVID hit. So a few, a first three or four podcasts were, uh, in-person ones, uh, live face to face. And then everything got shut down. And what's been fascinating for me to learn is that, um, you know, this can still work. And actually, in some cases, it has even more reach because, um, guests that might normally not have been able to come down to that studio, are uh, available. Uh, one of the guys I talked to this season, Billy Campbell, who was on uh, Cardinal, the CTV series. Billy and I had a great conversation, and he was in Norway. <laughs> you know, so it sounded like he was in Brampton. So I, it's a marvel to me, and so it's a lot I'm learning. The other thing I've learned about doing podcasts, rather than uh, I've written about TV for many, many years on various places, at brio.tv now every day, but also, you know, for print, the Globe and Mail, I've done articles, the Toronto Star, the, the I was the TV columnist at the Sun for eight years, uh, the, the Canadian press. So I've had a, a lovely time writing and interviewing folks. And um, the thing is, spelling counts when you do it that way. You know, like I, I, I'm, when it comes to spelling, you know, I'm still learning. So podcasting, there's no spelling. That's very cool, and I like that a lot. So we're going to keep doing podcasts without spelling. Um, and, uh, and, and also I want to thank the folks that took time to um, come down or get on the phone that I was able to chat with so far. That's a great guest. We started with Don Ferguson, my old pal from the Royal Canadian Air Force. Don was gracious to come down to the studio and these guys, they have such great stories, and talking to Don was a, a wonderful way. One of the most respected men in Canadian television always has been, and the Air Force, just uh, a joy for me. I've always enjoyed when their screenings happened, and uh, sad that they're no longer flying, 
But uh, Dawn is still producing TV, and uh, it was great to connect there. And uh, Enrico Colantoni, again, my goodness, you know, a wonderful uh, actor. This guy is from Etobicoke, and um, we had a great chat, really connected. And uh, Rico is known for many things uh, and many different shows. But uh, Galaxy Quest, he was in that movie. One of the greatest, it's, it's, and the people that make Star Trek say it's the second best Star Trek movie ever, <laughs> you know, even though it's kind of a, a goof on the Star Trek movies. But my God, Colin Tony just st- steals every scene. And um, it, there's a great documentary on the making of Galaxy Quest that you can stream now. I'm not sure. I think it might be on Amazon uh, or Netflix, but it's... Uh, you know, it's a behind the scenes and you hear from Sigourney Weaver and, uh, Alan Rickman and, uh, Tim Allen, all the people and the director of that film and the struggles to get it made the way they wanted to make it. So, uh, please uh, look for that. Um, but other folks, Christina Jennings, you know, we, here's a CEO of Shaftesbury. She produces all this great television. Her, all these podcasts are up and available to listen to now. Uh, and, uh, Christina, I've known for several years. Uh, a very, very smart and generous uh, a TV executive, and of course, Murdoch Mysteries, uh, Hudson and Rex, many, many other shows uh, are the ones that her Shaftesbury uh, produces. My buddy John Doyle, fellow critic at the Globe and Mail, um, John was very candid. We had fun. I think that was the first one without uh, being together in person. So I was glad it was John, somebody I've known and um, we would go twice a year down to LA for TV press tours and, uh, we got to conspire together down there and, and on a podcast. Love to have him back. He's one of those guys, um, people, uh, love him or hate him, but the, everybody reads him. And, uh, he's got a great take on the Canadian industry and the TV scene worldwide right now. Um, Billy Campbell, I talked about. Uh, just a gentleman, a really generous and uh, wonderful guy, wonderful interview, and uh, very interesting actor who is never better than in Cardinal, I think. Um, hope to see him in another project soon, although he's loving life with his young family in Norway right now. Maybe it'll be a series from there that will import, but uh, he likes Canada. He visits and lives and sales and does all kinds of things here. So hopefully we'll see him soon. Andrew Fong, you know, uh, was a good uh, change of pace because uh, he's younger, uh, you know, and, and it was good to talk to him. Uh, Kim's Convenience is just exploding right now. It's big in the States. Uh, live tours he was doing up until COVID hit. But Andrew uh, brought his stand-up comedy energy to that podcast, and it was great talking to him. And uh, Valerie Crichton, uh, who runs the Canadian Media Fund, Canada Media Fund, agency that uh, invests in pretty much everything you watch that's Canadian on television and in film. Valerie's been doing it for over 10 years, over a decade at the Canadian Canada Media Fund and is one of the most savvy people in terms of the realities of Canada being a broadcaster in this world market. Um John Comerford, my old pal from uh, grade school and high school. He's one of the, one of the top casting agents in Canada. Uh, he and I had a wonderful chat about his career and all of the shows that he does, including Cardinal, Schitt's Creek. Um, you know, he's discovered 
all kinds of uh, actors that you know and love, Ryan uh, Gosling and, and, and different people. No, Ryan, <laughs> I make this mistake every time. It's the other Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yeah, it owes his career, really, to Comerford taking a look and uh, talking to him and, and putting him in front of the camera. So, um, and then Roger Cross, who, who's up now, the most recent one, uh, he, of course, is on uh, Coroner, uh, which is screening right now. He and Sarinda Swan star in that CBC uh, police procedural medical show slash uh, drama. Uh, right now, it's on the CW this summer, like uh, Transparent, uh, one of the Canadian shows that American broadcasters have reached across the border for to uh, keep the content new and fresh for their viewers in the September and beyond. Roger was great. And uh, we got into a lot of uh, really, really serious conversation. I'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. Um, now, I want to just uh, let you hear some of that. And uh, we're going to start with Sherry Davis, who will be my next guest. I've spoken with Sherry a few times in the past. This is the woman who uh, is responsible for Rex on Hudson and Rex. She is the animal trainer. She runs a training center in uh, Ancaster, Ontario, and um, she's been doing this for many, many years. And it's she is her master's voice. She gives the orders, and uh, Rex, who is really named Diesel, uh, performs the stunts. So she's really like an executive producer of that series. I've had the pleasure to watch her in action, to watch the show shoot. I was out in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland last year, and they did a special episode where they uh, flew to St. Pierre and Miquelon, the islands that are about 25 kilometers off the coast of uh, Newfoundland. And um, the um, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, they flew... A lot of cast and crew out there, including uh, our friend Diesel, who had his own doggy coat on on the plane and was a very good passenger. And uh, and so they get there, and 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 uh, when they need him to jump over a picnic table or chase somebody, it's Sherry who tells him go. And uh, they have this amazing bond. And here's the thing: Hudson and Rex are currently shooting their third season. They're back in St. John's. And uh, the dog doesn't know it's a coronavirus. The dog doesn't know anything about COVID. He doesn't know COVID 15, 16, 17, 18, or 19. And um, how how do you, do you manage to do this uh, during our times right now? So I talked to Sherry about this. She explains how um, she's able to uh, still uh, give him these orders and uh, and uh, even uh, most of the cast members, what's happening now in television is actors are wearing masks right up until the scenes where they have to speak and be recorded. And so once you finish your dialogue, your mask goes back on and you stand against the wall or go outside that space. It's all being done in a very strict way as more and more shows are back before the cameras. Burden of Truth out in Winnipeg just this week, back before the cameras last week in uh, Winnipeg. Um, Yannick Besson is back on the set of Murdoch Mysteries in Toronto. So things that would have started months ago are just now back up to speed. And um, there's been some setbacks. You know, we hear about 
the new Batman, Robert Patterson, is shooting the Batman movie. They've had to shut that set down and send him to the Bat Ward to get Bat better. Uh, you know, so uh, we'll see how this goes. So far, Knockwood so good on Hudson and Rex. And um, so here's Sherry, if you listen in, on exactly how they're doing it and what has to be done in order to get a dog and humans through a TV show in Canada now. I'll tell you, we have a very, very strict um, procedural on set, uh, which is actually stricter than the provinces. Um, So everybody has to wear masks. Uh, the, The cast, when they're acting, they get their masks off and then they go on every time we cut. Um, so it was, it was a, a huge learning curve to get the dogs used to everybody wearing masks because all of a sudden they don't know who anybody is. And it's very strange when you have, we don't realize that, but, but because dogs actually communicate a lot with facial expression, all of a sudden, all they could see were a set of eyes. So oh. it took a little bit to get the dogs used to just seeing eyes and hearing voices and not really sure who is that person. Do I know that person? Do I not know that person? Um, and they've, they have adapted quite nicely, but for me working them, even though the dogs are trained on hand signals, body language, verbal commands, um, when I am working, I'd say at most of the time I have to be maskless because I'm whispering commands or I'm using a lot of facial expression to get the dog to do what I want him to do. Okay, that was Sherry, and you heard that uh, it's it's pretty strict, and uh, the dogs are that smart. But it, it certainly uh, we learn that the um, they really rely on not just hearing a voice because obviously they don't know what anybody's saying. We think, uh, but. They, they can understand from how it's said, and they kind of lip-read. And um, so, yeah, so hand signals and teaching other cast members to uh, cooperate is certainly um, part of the deal. Um, so uh, that was Sherry, and please listen to her again. We'll have her in a week. She has many more tales to tell, other sets she's been on, and uh, just her her incredible story, how she came to be a dog trader, how her family got her their first dog because they promised her older brother if he scored a goal in hockey that night that they would buy uh, that they would go out and get a dog and this kid was a stay at home defenseman they figured uh, the parents thought were out of the woods and doesn't the kid go rushing up the ice uh, and and pot one like he's Wayne Gretzky on a breakaway. So um, there you go. Never promise an animal to a child. Uh, We're going to take a short break here for a little sponsor's message. Come on back and we'll talk about uh, Roger Cross and my old friend, Bill Carter. I think most of us would agree that the, some of the greatest sports movies of all time were made in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Take 1971's Brian song. Grown men still weep at the mere mention of the name Brian Piccolo. For, for I mean, come on. And how, how about Slapshot? 
a filthy and hilarious 1977 masterpiece featuring the Hanson brothers and some guy named Paul Newman. Even Caddyshack, made 40 years ago, you can sense just by watching it that Chevy Chase and Bill Murray hated each other's guts. And is there any movie that could not be improved just by adding Rodney Dangerfield? Think Ben-Hur with him in the chariot scene. Tell me I'm wrong. And, you know, and then there's Bill Bull Durham, White Men Can't Jump, Jerry Maguire, Happy Gilmore, Friday Night Lights, Goon, great hockey film, Canadian film. The list goes on and on. And best of all, they're all available to stream anytime right now this month with no commercial interruptions or cuts on Hollywood Suite. And now, and if you're more into movie musicals and sports, again, this month, all month long, Hollywood Suite is also showcasing films with amazing soundtracks from the same decades. So this month, they've got The Graduate, great 60s film, Saturday Night Fever, The Big Chill, Dirty Dancing, and my all-time number one favorite, A Hard Day's Night, the only film ever made that doesn't need Dangerfield. Although, maybe he could have paid Paul's granddad the clean little old man. Anyway, that's Hollywood Suite. Subscribe today at HollywoodSuite.com. All right, we're back, and thank you for listening. And uh, we're playing a few clips from the past season uh, and the next season on Brio TV, the podcast. Thank you again for joining us. We're having lots of fun. Hope you are. And uh, please pass the word on. Tell your friends. Uh, like us and, you know, subscribe, all of those things that uh, help generate more of these. Um, we, we appreciate it. Um, going to talk now about uh, a podcast that you can currently listen to. It's the last one from season one, and this is with Roger Cross. Roger is a, a wonderful guy. I've talked to him several times in person. Um, he's, if you look at his IMDb list, go and look. Uh, it's over 150 credits. He's been on many, many Canadian shows and American shows, three seasons of 24. He goes all the way back to the X-Files, which shot in Vancouver, of course, even the most recent, that short season they did a couple of years ago. Uh, he's played a lot of cops, and, uh, you know, he's uh, also been on, um, you know, uh, The L Word. You know, he, he's played uh, surprising characters, uh, a lot of variety and uh, just uh, a guy with a great sense of humor. Here's something like I've learned a lot from these podcasts. Here's one thing I didn't know. Roger Cross used to be a commercial pilot. He flew planes. Uh, that's what he did. That's what he thought he was going to do. He kind of came to acting late. So uh, he talked about that in our podcast. And uh, I was very grateful too, as we spoke uh, that we were able to, that, that Roger shared his feelings uh, about today in society, racism. Uh, it's such a big story in 2020. And um, you know, I asked Roger for his thoughts on, on all of society finally stepping up, confronting racism, standing shoulder to shoulder in the Black Lives Matter movement, um, uh, showing some solidarity for um, folks who have been literally um, – uh, the, the the suffering and ridiculous prejudice that has gone on for centuries. So uh, it's just been coming home with a sharp um, uh, alarm, of course, in 2020, but it's always been going on. So uh, here's what Roger had to say about that. It's about time. Um, yeah. You know, people have heard the stories for, of course, decades or centuries, 
And, you know, a lot of people in the past have been able to deny it and say, you know, people, it's not that bad. You know, it's not not what you think. Um, it's yeah, you're exaggerating or come on, you guys are exaggerating. You're all criminals, which is why, you know, the cops are hard on people. And then you see the reality of it. And that until videos there that people can't deny and they've denied it before. They saw the Rodney King beating. They saw the Trayvon Martin thing. They saw all these other things happen, but it wasn't enough until they saw a guy kneel on a guy's neck for nine minutes and people trying to say, maybe you should get off him. No, I'm not getting off this guy and realize, and then you see all the other videos that have come out since of instances where this has happened. Um, people are like, oh my God, it's systematic. I was working on a show where I booked it, doing the show, and um, I had to go through a bunch of screen tests, blah, 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 book the movie, book the TV show, doing the show. Um, a week or so into it, um, the director says, Raj, you're doing a great job. I thank you. And he goes, yeah, but I've got some you know, notes from this, the studio. And I'm like, yeah, and he goes, they're saying, well, they're saying you're not black enough. I'm like, what? He goes, he goes, that's not for my words. That's there. I'm like, what? And I'm, and he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, so this character is supposed to be like the leader of this resistance. He's supposed to be this, he's supposed to be that. But you want me to sound like, I go, okay, okay. Black is in like, is he from Texas? Is he from New York? Is he from, right. goes, you know what I mean? I go, you mean LA Street? And he goes, no, well, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I go, listen, he's supposed to be this dignified character, but you want him to sound like he's from the street. I mean, we've already shot a week, so what are we going to do with that? And uh, again, that was Roger Cross, one of the stars of Coroner. Uh, and, uh, you know, some uh, he, he spoke very forcefully and passionately, uh, and there's much more there on that topic. Uh, if you're interested, please give it a listen. It's, um, it's fascinating stuff. So uh, I want to just move on. The last clip will be from uh, Bill Carter. I've known Bill many, many years. He and I have been TV critics um, for a long time. And Bill was the uh, the TV columnist at the New York Times for 25, 26 years, I think. Uh, he's written many books, some wonderful books. You go out and read uh, The Late Shift, which is his account of the David Letterman, Jay Leno uh, feud, if you will, and just um, the stuff that he was able to um, – work into that book his his books about television are like novels they take you there they take you under the lamppost at night and uh tell you if it was cool out or uh if somebody was smoking or whatever like it's all there he does a great he's a great uh gift for narrative and uh so um we talked about many things but the good news is bill uh now he's a call uh commentator for cnn and also uh does podcasts and uh, also, uh, he's an executive producer of a new late-night documentary series that's coming up uh, on CNN. And uh, it was uh, produced by a company right in Toronto. Bill uh, partnered with them on uh, on this show. Um, and uh, it should have run. We were expecting this to happen very early in 2020. So Bill was actually the very first guy I spoke to on a podcast he was uh, the uh, the first guy to step forward, and uh, we had a lot of fun on the phone. He is a great storyteller, and uh, so here's one of his. I asked him a bit about Johnny Carson. If you cover TV, this was always the holy grail, uh, getting to interview Johnny Carson or David Letterman, two guys who were reluctant uh, to do press, and um, it was kind of rare, 
And if you had them, uh, you know, on your resume, talk to Johnny Carson right away. You were in the, the big time. Um, I once uh, tried this when I was very young. I was starting out uh, with TV Guide. I was working in L.A. And I got in touch with uh, this guy. His name was Bill Barron. And he was um, a publicist with Mahoney Wasserman, one of the PR agencies in Los Angeles. So I met this gentleman who was probably about 60. We had a little lunch. And I said, I want to talk to Johnny Carson. I love Johnny Carson. And Bill Barron, he, he just looked at me and said, ain't going to happen, kid. Uh, you know, uh, but he was kind enough to explain why. And he just said, Carson doesn't need to do it, doesn't want to do it, but here's what we'll do. And we uh, managed to get a camera uh, in Johnny Carson's audience at Burbank and NBC uh, with a baffle on it. A photographer I knew, Gene Trindle, sat in the audience and took pictures of Carson uh, one night while he was doing the monologue. So he got fresh art. And uh, we did manage to pick up uh, a story, and, and I can't remember all the details, but it wasn't me, unfortunately, who got to talk to him. One who did was Bill Carter. And here's how. Let Bill tell you the story because he'd been trying. He was trying to finish the late shift. He needed Carson. He talked to Letterman. He talked to Leno. He talked to Conan O'Brien and Jimmy Kimmel. And back then, everybody you can think of, um, uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren Michaels, who produces a lot of the shows, uh, all the voices, the heads of the network are there, but he did not have Carson. So he reached out to Johnny Carson's lawyer. It wasn't bombastic Bushkin at this point. He'd already been fired. It was another guy nicknamed Hook. And uh, here's Bill Carter on finally meeting up with Hook and seeing if he could get his hooks into Johnny Carson. What if I send him uh, some questions? Uh, you know, at least write them out. Maybe he'll answer them. And he said, yeah, let's do that. Right. Maybe he'll answer that. Don't count on it. Right. But he said, you know, but I'm thinking at least I'll get some. I want to talk to him, but I sort of interviewed him. Mm. So I, I make these questions out. And, and, and Dave had told me this incredible story about how Bushkin had come to him in the Dave was very early in his explosively successful career at NBC, right, yeah. and said to him, "You know, uh, Dave, um, Johnny loves you, and and all this. Um, we want to sign you for to Carson Productions so that you get the Tonight Show when Johnny leaves." And Dave, that's what Dave really wanted, right, of right, course. Right. But Dave's like, does, "Does Johnny know you're here?" Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Wisely. he's like, "Well, you know, I'm running it. You don't have to worry about Johnny. You don't wow." Have to, and Dave's like, oh, this is a fire. I don't want to get near. Like, Good for him. So he says, well, you know, you can talk to my manager. And then he says, don't let that guy in again. <laughs> like he says. Wow. So no. so I write this in my questions to Johnny. Did you know that Bushkin once went to Letterman and pitched being your successor? Blah, blah, blah. So I, I send it to, to uh, Hookstrat. And Hookstrat says, you know, don't anticipate hearing from this for a long time, whatever. Right. The next day, I'm home. It's a Friday afternoon. My phone rings. My personal home phone rings. Ah, uh, this is Johnny Carson. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. whoa. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, you got to tell me this Bushkin story. Wow. And I'm like, happily, happy to tell you this, So Johnny. that's how you get to Carson. So I get, ask him. And then, I'm, then yeah. I, need to, I need him to give me his side of the conversation when he tells Dave, mm. don't, take, don't hang around for NBC's half-assed offer. If I were you, I'd go to CBS. Wow. And... John, David told me that, but I had to hear Johnny's side right. to write it the yeah. way and uh, he told me. And we're back, and uh, thanks again. That was Bill Carter talking about finally landing that all-important Johnny Carson interview. 
Uh, lots and lots of great stories on the Bill Carter podcast. The series, um, which will air on CNN, I believe it's five or six parts. Everybody's in it. Uh, don't miss it. The holdup is, um, does this guy, Donald Trump in the States and he's running for president? Don't know if you've heard about it, but, um, he keeps stay, saying stupid stuff and, um, CNN just cannot look away. So they have not been able to find six weeks to show Bill's, Bill's documentary series. I, you know what? I, this is a bad move. CNN, listen, put it on, distract us from this madness. But no, they won't do that now. It's too close to the election, uh, which is coming in November. Uh, and hopefully, um, CNN will, will schedule it. They might hold it till January now, but as soon as we know, we will, uh, schedule and make that Bill Carter podcast available. So please listen for that. We're going to have a lot of other great guests. We're just waiting to confirm a few uh, big names that are pretty exciting. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, uh, fingers crossed, uh, we'll, we'll give you more details very, very soon. Next week, next Thursday, we'll launch the uh, Sherry Davis podcast. Please listen. It's Hudson and Rex's dog trainer. Uh, it's a great conversation, not just about dogs, and, and show business, but programming through a pandemic. Sherry has uh, the scoop on what happened there. So, listen, thank you again. Uh, I hope uh, that this was fun. Uh, I, again, appreciate everyone who's listening. It's a lot of fun for me. And if you like what you hear again, please follow us, uh, follow along on, on uh, or uh, subscribe on SoundCloud or wherever you listen. Uh, and also subscribe to our newsletter. You can access that. Uh, at brio.tv, uh, the regular place where I write every day about the, the news on television. You'll find a link there that will take you to uh, all of the podcast information. But uh, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get alerts and heads up on every single podcast we'll be doing in Season 2. So thanks again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>